0: Shana Tova, everybody. You're back with the Menschwarmers.
1: Uh, Gabe and Jamie here talking about all things Jews and sports. It's uh, Monday, October 7th. Rosh Hashanah was last week. We're in the uh, the period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The 10 days of repentance. Uh, and so we should be making some apologies. Gabe, do you have any apologies to make this this time around?
0: Um, I don't know if there's any acute, just sort of a general... For who I am, type thing for anyone yeah. I've affected. Just apologizing by,
1: for who you are, to By the world. my
0: general being, I, I give apologies to that. Um, to you, uh, Jamie, I know. Uh, do you have any? Well, ones?
1: I got a, I got a minor one, and uh, it's a good segue to introducing the show today. A we little, have uh,
0: our our weekly shlichut.
1: Yeah, we have a big episode to kick off fifty-seven, eight fifty-eighty. Sorry, we we have a big episode to kick off fifty-eight. 70. A 57.80, but close enough. Wait, which one is it? It's 57.80. I've been writing 57.79 on my checks for the last couple weeks. <laughs> Okay, we let's take it from the top. We got a yeah. big episode today for fifty-seven eighty. Could you imagine a bank that only deals
0: in the Jewish calendar? <laughs> That's like, what Israeli bonds are. <laughs> yeah, like you have you have to cash this check by Tishrei seventeen, or so, it will become stale dated. Sometimes you get caught caught up in a in a leap alul. And, yeah, and, uh, and, you get sc-
1: <laughs> and you get screwed. And you get
0: screwed. Yeah, if your check is postdated to Adar two, yeah, you exactly. have to wait for three years in order to cash it.
1: Uh, well, we have a big show for the first one of the Jewish New Year. Uh, we have, Gabe, our first interview with a professional athlete.
0: Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. I know, uh, with all due respect to Jonathan Mayo, his professional athlete adjacency doesn't quite count.
1: Right. We've had some We've had some great interviews with uh, historians of sports, uh, with people who have been involved in, in, in media and things like that, sports. But this is our first one with a professional athlete. We have an interview coming up with Nate Thompson.
0: Uh, Montreal Canadian, uh, a member of the Canadian uh, hockey and the Canadian Jewish community.
1: Yeah. Uh, the well, Montreal
0: Jewish community, similar to some of our listeners and readers of the CJN.
1: That's right. And we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of our episode. Uh, but we really hope you stick around for that. Nate, Nate was kind enough to join us while he was in Toronto last week, uh, playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously. Uh, how did that game go? I saw the, I saw the Leafs were up four one. They must've won, right? I didn't see the end. Okay. We'll leave it there. Uh, Nate was again kind enough to join us. Very, very nice of him. Uh, I, I will say so. I will say my slicha, uh as it were, for uh, making the mistake that uh, I did not realize that Zach Hyman, our local Jewish uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, is no is not playing currently he's injured uh and i made a comment about nate going up against him in the game on saturday but of course i didn't because because zach is injured so my bad uh as some of you may know and uh some of you will come to know i'm not a big hockey fan
0: well uh jamie you know they didn't get to say should not devote to each other uh, as jamie suggests in the interview, but. It sounds like Nate had a really wonderful new year, and we're excited to get to that interview. But first, we have a word from uh, the Canadian Jewish News Prize. As you know, the CJN Prize, some of our uh, favorite uh, sponsors we've had on the show before. Uh, their event is coming up October to their 30th, 2019. Jamie, what time do you th- of night or day do you think is the perfect time for an awards show reception to start? Ooh, I'm going to guess 7.30? 7.30, 730 is the time the award ceremony starts, but you shouldn't get there at 7.30 if you're planning on going. You should go at 6.30 for the reception where a kashrut-observed dessert will be served. Oh, that's great. Where do you believe a Jewish award ceremony and dessert should take place? I don't know, the
1: uh, Bruma Pell Theater?
0: Very close. It's the Tribute Communities Recital Hall at York University Kill Street Campus in the Accolade East Building on the main floor. All right. The event will be keynote spoken by Professor Julia Creed of York University, a leading international scholar in cultural memory studies. It is a free event, and you must register by October 25th at bit.ly slash cjnpac19. Well, we'll see
1: you guys there. Um, So let's uh, get into the episode. Gabe, it's it's a hockey night in... uh, In all of Canada now. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yitzhak. Yitzhak who? Yitzhak night in Canada. There you go. Uh, There's some Jewish members of the NHL right now.
0: Yep. Um, And to talk about some of them, I think we should play a little game real quick. Me and Jamie, I'm going to name some hockey players, and you're going to tell me which ones are Jewish. Okay. That's okay,
1: based on their names. Sure. A little Jew or
0: not Jew with hockey players. A little quick Jew or not Jew right here. Sure. We've got... Henrik Zetterberg. Okay. Jakob Silverberg. (laughs) Okay. And Jordan Schmaltz. Ooh.
1: Um, I think it's not. Is it the second one? Not Henrik Zetterberg. Jakob Silverberg? Jakob Silverberg?
0: The answer is none of them. Oh, no. We have a lot of uh, Mike Jacobs all stars in uh, Jewish hockey and some the opposite of that. As we go back to the first Jewish player to ever raise the Stanley Cup, Uh, born in Weyburn, Northwest Territories, won for the Victoria Cougars in 1925, a man by the name of Gizzy Hart. Wow, that's pretty Jewish sounding. Gizzy? Gizzy, yeah. What do you think it would for? Like
1: like I don't know. It's probably like Gerhard Ger- or yeah. Gerald or something weird. I mean that sounds pretty old world. Uh but you know. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of uh non Jewish Jewish sounding names in hockey especially because there's a lot of like guys from North Dakota and Minnesota and so yeah. like that where there's a lot of like German and Norwegian. You, you have transplants. your
0: you know, Jordan Schmaltz, Jaden Schwartz, your Saskatchewan and Minnesota Germans turn prairie folk yeah they're real corn fed one way or another um and then you've got your swedes right like your Jacob silverbergs um and so on and so forth yeah and they all have a sort of ashkenazi bent to them
1: which you know should take us to, which ironically uh this is someone i do know is jewish which is Jack Hughes, who was the number one pick in the NHL this year. That's right. As well uh, as his
0: brother, Quinn, who was also a rookie this season. A and, number a high pick last year.
1: Shout out to our, our, our listener, Elon uh, Mann, who pointed out that Jack Hughes sounds like the name of Emil Zola's famous uh, essay exonerating uh captain dreyfus wow. Jacques, Jacques. hughes that's a very
0: very good point from our very kind listeners so, so uh, it does
1: have a sort of jewish bent to it but not a jewish sounding names i mean it sounds irish or something like that um but yeah jack i think had his debut i saw earlier this week i he mean did? He, he, he he's a rookie but he's he's
0: coming up that seems to be the way they do it these days for the high picks that's right he's a first overall pick which means he's uh probably likely to uh You know, where he was likely started the team, it started the season with the team as first overall picks do. He is, after two games, does not have a single point and is a minus three. Okay. But we trust he'll be there. What what
1: team is he on? He's on the
0: New Jersey Devils.
1: Oh, well, that's a good team, which I assume has a large Jewish fan
0: base. I think so, too. Also, Jews don't really have that concept of hell, so the New Jersey Devils are just sort of a cute mascot for us.
1: Right, yeah. Are there, uh, like, religious Christians who won't follow the New Jersey Devils because of the team name? I would assume so. But the Jersey Devil is, like, some sort of, like, Chupacabra type thing, I think so. It's like a mythical I thought
0: it's a river rat
1: type thing. But I don't think it's real. It's not like a Tasmanian Devil. Is the Tasmanian Devil real? Yeah.
0: Do they really spin really, really fast and No, and that that part's fake. That part's fake, okay.
1: But uh they're a real thing.
0: They're like a like a wombat kind oh, of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Is it like but they're from Tasmania? They're
1: from Tasmania. Right. Yeah. Okay. Nowhere, nowhere near New Jersey and probably somewhere where they don't play a ton of hockey either.
0: Yeah, that's well well, good to know. Um, though if we're talking about the New Jersey Devils, uh there's, you know, you can think of David Putty going, the devils! The devils, yeah. And uh, scaring that poor Spanish priest yeah. after death. El Diablo, El Diablo, El Diablo. So any other big Jews we should know about in the NHL right um, now? The Hughes brothers are very, very big. There's a few. Um, there's a young, talented defenseman by the name of Jacob Chitrin. Okay. Who uh, plays for the Phoenix Coyotes. Um, and there was the guy who was the high draft pick a couple years ago, right? the
1: uh, he was, He's on Chicago... Uh he's like uh he, he's
0: like a mixed black, Korean Jew. Oh, uh it was Joshua Hosang. Joshua Hosang. Uh yeah. he plays for New York. He okay. unfortunately didn't make the team again this season, oh, that's but he might get called up soon. He didn't make it out of camp. Um I thought is, he was like a big
1: prospect. Is he, he is, he's a
0: big prospect. He is part Chilean, okay, part Chinese, and part Jewish. Okay. So um, I had some of the components right. You would say exactly, you had some of the components right. He's not one of the common uh Jewish players you've heard of uh currently in the league um there's a couple of young prospects coming up high draft pick adam fox who will be playing very very soon um as well as you know some other jews we know who are in the league right now uh david warshovsky and jason zucker are two that come to mind um and there tend to be more american than canadian which i think is an interesting uh thing yeah. to the minds of the canadian jewish news to talk about but uh something that is not uh uh so it's uh, something I've noticed. Yeah.
1: And also Zach Hyman, of course, who we talked about briefly before. Uh, who's currently... What's he out with?
0: What's his injury? Uh, he tore his ACL, I believe. Oh, that sucks. You know, I was at a wedding this summer. Sure. And Mr. Hyman was indeed in attendance. Wow. Uh, he did not dance the horror. That's too bad. And I was very disappointed until I found out it's because he had a torn ACL. Well, you missed
1: our opportunity to have him on the podcast, but maybe someday soon. We've got our first athlete Just now, so hopefully another one card. soon. Um Moving on from hockey, which I'm sure we'll have more to talk about, you know, it seems like there's some guys
0: who are on the rise uh, who I'm sure we'll be checking in with as they progress. Absolutely. Uh, Uh, Jack Hughes, if you're listening, anytime you want to talk about your bar mitzvah, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I uh, know, it was only five years ago. Wow, is he only 18? He's 18. That's amazing. It's amazing. I'm happy to chat. Uh, I'd love to chat. We, We would love to chat with you, Mr. Hughes, about your bar mitzvah.
1: So moving on, unfortunately, we have a a farewell to say uh, a little topical is our interview with uh, Nate Thompson. Nate talks about uh, how he converted to Judaism, one of the sort of rare athletes who converted to Judaism uh, during their playing career. And we want to say a fond farewell to Bob Tufts, a uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher who was also one of the few uh, MLB players to convert during his time. Uh, during his time playing, he, you know, had a short career in Major League Baseball. He was only there for three years, but afterwards. Went on to get his MBA from Columbia. Went on to become a professor at Yeshiva University, which I think is pretty wow. pretty Jewish as far as it goes. Yeah. Uh, he was was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago and, and became a real advocate for patients. Uh, started a blog in that regard and taught sports management at Yeshiva. You know, really connected to the sports world. So uh, sad, sad to see him go. Unfortunately, he was he was quite young. He was only sixty three. Um uh, never. but you know he he left a great legacy and uh you know our thoughts thoughts and prayers with his family uh and you know feel free we, we've linked to some of the stories on our Twitter page feel free to check those out because he he led an interesting life and and was sort of you know a, an interesting intellectual
0: sports person rest in peace to Bob Tufts as we look to our somber holiday but I'll tell you what's not somber what's not the somber? the high holidays well some of them are
1: on the not so we thought uh we would have a little chat um is in, sort of inspired by a tweet I saw the other day explaining the holidays to to non Jews. You
0: know, chat sort of the way we do on this
1: podcast. That's what we do. Uh, so just Rosh Hashanah last week uh, gave the, the head of the year. The head of the year. You had a break. Sorry, you had a Rosh Hashanah dinner. You had a few. I did. We. Uh, I went to my mother's
0: both nights. Saw family. My little nephew, some cousins, some uncles. It was beautiful.
1: And Rosh Hashanah, very joyous, you know, new year, all that. Uh, Yom Kippur a little more somber, the day of atonement, the most holy day in the Jewish calendar. Uh, And so what we wanted to talk about is what holiday do you think is most likely to break out into the mainstream and capture the minds of Jews and non-Jews alike? So, you know, for example, there's some holidays that are sort of secular, that have uh, you know just become sort of mainstream holidays. Sort of like
0: if the Jews were to ever have a Christmas, like yeah, exactly. capital C Christmas.
1: But like you think of like St. Patrick's Day or Chinese right. New Year, uh, things like that that have beca- you know caught onto the mainstream one way or another. Even like a, a festival like like uh, Holi, the the Indian festival right. where people sort of run and
0: paint themselves
1: in a way that's you know been. Criticized for its lack of respect for the, for the sanctity of the holiday. Do you think but, we
0: could start like a five k run where someone has to hold a full menorah with one candle in each little thing and carry it each way uh, uh, without little, without dropping any of the candles? Sort of like an Olympic uh, torch relay, but yeah. but for Hanukkah. But like like they do with the color runs for holy.
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, so we're talking about which which Jewish holiday has the best chance to go mainstream. I mean, Rosh Hashanah has a chance. You know, it's a new year. Uh,
0: fall like, certainly needing another holiday. You know, like the Chinese New Year, their calendar gets a holiday, so you're suggesting maybe our calendar could could get someone too. And then, you know, I think Yom Kippur's
1: out uh, the other high holidays probably there's too much going on around them. I think Hanukkah's a a big one, you know, because Hanukkah's always sort of mirrored Christmas, but yep. I think Christmas is presence as the the winter, you know, the sort of er winter holiday it o- it overshadows
0: Hanukkah. and I think there's a lot of you know, cross-brand celebration, uh, to lack of a better term. You know, you see a lot of Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. You know, the mayor will come to you, the the local menorah lightings and such.
1: And ultimately, you know, we've incorporated a lot of the elements of sort of Western Christmas into Jewish Hanukkah at this point, gift-giving and and, uh, lighting up things and all kinds of stuff. Some sort of
0: Hanukkah bush and popcorn on a string and... You know, waiting for Jesus to come down the chimney.
1: So the other big Jewish holiday, of course, Passover. Yep. Unfortunately, paired with another uh, Christian holiday, which is Easter, usually happen almost exactly at the same time. So
0: there are some people, you know, who are so Christian, they're Jewish. Sure. Because, like, I think, like, some evangelicals have a Seder.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus Jesus, Jesus, had one, famously. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Um, So but I can understand, you know, what would Jesus do, I guess. You know, have some
0: matzah is the answer. So if Jesus comes back to one of these people, Satyrs, is that make the Last Supper the next to Last Supper? <laughs> the penultimate the supper. The penultimate supper. I guess so. Um, so
1: I wanna put my money down. If I was gonna pick a Jewish holiday that has the chance to break into the mainstream, my my choice is for uh, the one and only fun commemoration of our almost destruction, which is Purim. <laughs> Usually happens early spring. So yeah. Before Easter. Forum's good. Purim's it already good. has uh delicious food associated with it. And nothing weird, nothing like weird that only Jews find tasty, like a filter fish, just straight up cookies with full of jam. You know, the hamantashen is a great Jewish a snack. Hamantashen
0: is very good too. Uh, yeah. No
1: one gets mad at that. No one gets mad at eating a hamantashen. Good uh, chocolate ones, poppy seed ones, that kind of celebration. Yeah, It's got dressing up, you yeah. know, uh, no one has to go in uh blackface but if justin trudeau wants to come to the purim celebration then i guess he can
0: wow it seems
1: to be be the way he he dresses (laughs) up for things but aside from that it has fun costumes that joke
0: didn't go halfway you went the whole mcgillow on that one that's right
1: okay i've got other i've got other pitches for purim okay go on i got Uh, i got
0: a couple but let's hear but there's a lot of stomping there's a lot of stomping, and noise making a lot of drinking a lot of kids have fun with that when i was in university Amongst at least the Jewish community and many non-Jews on campus at McGill, Canadian university with big Jewish populations, McGill's got a reputation as somewhat of a party school, but I can promise you the craziest, the most lit, the, the wildest, the greatest excess Party of every year was Chabad Purim. I don't think I ever went. There was, there's, ma- you'd walk into the Chabad house, there's a band of guys with payas doing Led Zeppelin covers. You know, wow. people would be moshing and dancing, of course, with the screen down the middle and men on one side and men and women on the other side. But yeah. there'd be a really great party. People would be just chain smoking cigarettes in the kitchen there'd be kids handing out beers then you'd go upstairs and there was an entire room of candy there would just be tables of it and a chocolate fountain and fruit to dip in it then you'd go up another floor and there'd be people smoking dope and doing a McGillar reading with lots of stomping and lots of clapping and then you'd go down back down to the basement where there's hot food there's like all kinds of brekkas and and dumplings and kishka and the whole just so much and that's just the food and the booze. And there's all the people there, and everyone's dressed up. It's a great time. I I once brought a friend of mine uh, named Matthew Goodman, who is Chinese and Jewish. Sure. And he certainly visually pre- presents as Chinese. And a rabbi saw him on Purim as we walked in the Chabad house and asked in Hebrew kind of a, hey, what are you doing here? Uh, are you Jewish? And Ma- Mr. Goodman, uh, through his, you know, uh, Drunken haze responded in Hebrew, and that rabbi almost plonked. It was a great time.
1: <laughs> That's great. So apparently, if you ever want to go party with, uh, you know, six Mordecais or whatever, the McGill Purim party is, is the way to place oh, to go. It was
0: absolutely lit. So I, my holiday is also a spring holiday. Okay, I'm going to suggest we do Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat, Jewish which, Jewish Arbor Day, Jewish Arbor Day, which coincides in Israel and should be. It changes every year. So because a Jewish calendar changes every year, I my suggestion of Tu Bishvat. Is that it could be in any country at any time? Okay. Because Tu Bishvat is the bloom of the trees. So we're always having Tu you, somewhere. You are always having Tu Bishvat somewhere. So when your local trees are blooming, you know if there people go absolutely ape for a uh, uh, sakura bloom. Okay. Wherever they are in the world, people right. travel over the world to go to Japan. Sure. People in Toronto here, people go to High Park to look at the blooms. People go to Trinity Bellwoods Park to look at the apple blossom blooms. All of those days are your tubishvat. So everyone is having their own Tubi shvats, And it's a Jewish holiday, a Jewish event that you could celebrate then.
1: Okay. I don't know exactly what is associated with tubishvat. I feel like eating certain fruits, like stone, like uh, dried fruits, I remember. There being is a, a
0: Seder of tubishvat. But I think tree planting um, is, the, is the big thing. It is. You're yeah. supposed to, you're, you're absolutely planting trees and you eat uh, dried fruit and almonds. Right. Fruit that come from trees. The Shkadia, Iparachat. That's right. Um,
1: so I think that's a good idea. I think Tubishvac could catch on as just like a general, you know, if, if the Jews are going to be associated with something, it could be tree planting. That's not yep. a terrible thing to be associated I absolutely. with. Absolutely. Especially um, and, in this day and age.
0: And in, you know, on Kibbutzim in Israel and on farms in Israel, they celebrate it as a uh, sort of general harvest celebration, right. an agricultural holiday. You know, your biodynamic farming, worshiping the, the god or witch.
1: I think that's a good idea. I think those are some good options, and uh, we'll have to see if anybody runs with it.
0: Absolutely. C- certainly
1: encourage somebody to uh, try and market a Jewish holiday. Whenever whenever you
0: see a tree, say the Shrechianu. That's right. what we're trying to say on Tubishvat. Sure. Shall we get on with our interview?
1: Yeah, we were lucky to be joined today by uh, Nate Thompson, currently of the Montreal Canadiens. Nate's had a long career in the NHL. A Uh, a
0: respected vet, a glue guy, a locker room hero.
1: Yeah, previously with the LA Kings uh, and in Los Angeles is where he met his wife, as he told us. And his wife is part of the reason why he converted to Judaism.
0: That's right. He's from Anchorage, Alaska. From which I understand not uh, American Jewish Mecca, although our producer Michael is quick to point out that there is a group of Jews who refer to themselves as the frozen chosen in Alaska.
1: Right. Probably enough for a minion, uh, maybe not enough to start their own colony. Um, you know, no Yiddish policeman's union going on up there.
0: Right. That's true. Even though it was, uh, as for our literary corner of this week, the Michael Chabon novel in which he suggests it strongly.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Nate gives us a little uh rundown on how he came to the faith and what his conversion process was like, as well as some of his favorite places to uh get a chocolate chip cookie in Montreal. yeah, so we'll leave it there and we'll go ahead to our interview with Nate Thompson.
2: Hello, Mr. Thompson.
3: Hello, how are you guys doing?
2: Good. How are you? Thanks for uh chatting with us.
3: No problem. thanks for having me.
2: yeah, uh, I hear it's your birthday tomorrow.
3: Tomorrow correct.
2: Oh.
4: <laughs>
3: Congratulations. Thank you.
4: Anything you excited to plan, mate? Um
3: just play a hockey game.
4: <laughs> yeah, big game tomorrow, I guess to Yeah, that's
3: it. That's my only plans. Usually, oh, that's uh, all
2: awesome.
3: yeah, every year my birthday, I mean around this time is always usually a practice or a game, so it's easy how it goes. It's all right though.
2: Right. All right on. And I, I guess we owe you a uh, happy new year, Shiratova. Happy New Year, Shalom! Yeah.
4: Oh, very nice. Um, well, thanks for joining us so much, Nate. Uh, you know we're a podcast about Jews and sports, and sort of tackling all those those issues, highlighting Jews, Jewish athletes, and uh, the way that Judaism has interacted with the game. Um, so, I wonder if you could tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to Judaism as someone who uh, didn't grow up in, in the faith.
3: Um, pretty much. Uh, I mean my girlfriend at the time now my wife um she's jewish and uh you know when we started dating you know i was um kind of immersed into you know her family and you know i celebrated all the holidays um you know really kind of saw how family oriented everything is and i was you know they were great how they included me in every holiday and i think um you know i growing up you know i was you know, my mom's side of the family was Catholic, and that was Christian, but kind of you know never really was um, you know tied to one. And uh, you know, as we started dating, I kind of mentioned to her, I was like, you know, I I think uh, you know if we're gonna get married or whatever, you know, really like to convert. And you know, because we talked about raising our kids uh, Jewish, so I figured, you know, let's go all in here. So uh, before, so it was your uh, idea. It was my idea, yes. It was not my wife uh, telling me to do it.
2: <laughs> are people surprised by that when you tell them?
3: Uh, yes, they are actually. Um, uh, they're very surprised. Even my even my in-laws too. You know, my my mother-in-law is, <laughs> is uh, as you know, uh, Jewish mothers are very overbearing. But uh, she is she's fantastic. and they're both my my in-laws are great, and they never ever once said mention me at all or pressured me into converting or, um, you know, a, 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 any sort of thing like that. So, you know, I was, uh, it was a very, it was a very uh, awesome experience. And uh, we had a full Jewish wedding and uh, it was great. So you got
2: to step on the glass and the whole chairs and the thing.
3: The whole thing, the whole thing. Yeah. We uh, signed the ketubah before and uh, did it, did it all. Oh, that's I, amazing. I imagine
4: your, uh, your hockey buddies had an easy time hoisting you in the chair.
3: No, they loved it. It was it was actually a lot of fun. I mean, a, a lot of guys were uh, – they were having a good time with at the wedding. You know, everyone was wearing their kippahs. Um, you know, it, it was just pretty funny to see a bunch of hockey guys, uh, you know, in the, in the crowd watching the wedding, you know, all wearing them. And, uh, and then oh, just great. loving it. And, and then loving it. You know, they were like – after, you know, they were like, we, we got to go to more Jewish weddings. It was the most fun <laughs> I have ever had. So – uh, it was it was it was an awesome experience.
2: I find that as a Jewish person going to non-Jewish weddings, they're just way less exciting. Like oh, another <laughs> wedding, great.
3: I totally agree. I mean, I I, I always joke around. I said my wedding is the nicest and most fun wedding I'll ever go to
2: because
3: uh, it's 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 hard to go up from uh, from
4: our wedding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Well, that's well, Jewish, awesome. Jewish so Jewish weddings,
4: Jewish weddings almost always have an open bar, and I find that uh, sometimes that's not always the case for non-Jewish weddings.
3: Yeah, no, it was like I one the one thing like with Jewish, you know, with Jewish people, there's food and everything else. Food is fun; like, there's no shortage of that, and that's exactly what our our wedding was all about. It was uh, it was great.
2: And uh, were you living in L.A. at the time?
3: We were. So my wife is um, she's originally her and her family are from Beverly Hills, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where we got married.
2: So what is? I mean, you've been moving around a bit since you've converted, do you th- think anything's notable about Jewish community in Los Angeles against the community in Montreal or anywhere else? Have you? What was that process like, converting in one place and then going somewhere else?
3: Well, it was great. I mean, I, 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 as you know, I mean, I feel like as I've converted and, um, you know, like, like we talk about, it's a tribe, you know, it's our own little community. And um, you, you, I, I've learned... Uh, different places, there's always a, a great Jewish community where whether when I was in Ottawa, now in Montreal, and it's, it's awesome because I get a lot of support. And, um, you know, even for example, you know, you know, for Rosh Hashanah, I had so many messages on, you know, on social media from people, you know, wishing me a happy new year and just being so aware that, uh, that I'm Jewish now. And I think um, it's, pretty uh it's pretty cool to see and see how aware everyone is of it and and definitely uh being a jewish athlete that's
4: great well have you uh have you had an opportunity to check out any of the sort of you know haunts of of jewish montreal there's some famous schwartz's a very famous smoked meat place obviously montreal bagels are are big there's you know other bakeries and and uh steakhouse and things like that
3: there yeah you know what my wife she knows how to find a really good jewish bakery and she found uh I can't even the neighborhood there, but it was. Uh, but we we went to this one bakery, and it was probably the best chocolate chip cookie
2: I've ever had. <laughs> and, was it uh, was it Chesky's I, by any chance? Chesky's, Chesky's, that's yeah. it. Chesky, yeah, that's best, the famous best
3: place in Montreal. Great! Right? Oh my gosh, that place is incredible. So we found a gem there, and um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know what my wife's she usually wherever we go, she knows where to search them out, and I uh, just follow her lead.
2: Oh yeah, I, I'll give you a tip. Uh, Schwartz's is good. Lester's is better. Lester's usually so less of a line. Lester's, so it's, Lester's it's in that.
3: The so Lester's is better than Chesky's. Is what you're saying?
2: No, than Schwartz's. Sorry.
3: Oh, Schwartz's. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, got nothing's better it.
2: than Chesky's. That's, that's it. Chesky's
3: is the mecca. Okay, perfect. Oh yeah, good to know. And the, the know.
2: cheese tarts are unbelievable.
3: Yeah, we've only we've only got into the. You know, the sweets and the pastries really. We haven't gotten the other stuff at work. We're definitely uh we're definitely going be going back. Her parents are coming into town um uh next week, uh, after Yom Kippur. So uh we'll definitely make a trip over there with them.
2: Oh that's awesome. Uh you mentioned something earlier about sort of fans coming out to you. How aware during this process uh were you did you were you that you were about to make a whole lot of new fans? I honestly, I had no
3: expectations and I had no, I had no idea that I would uh, I'd have this many people be reaching out to me about it. And it, it, it's like I said, you know, it's like a, it's, it's like a tribe, your own little uh, community tribe of people that, uh, you know, kind of look out for their own. And uh, it was just such a, I don't know, it was such a, it, it's been such a great experience and, and, um, I don't know. I, I don't really don't know how else to describe it, but it's been—it's just been really nice. I mean, there's so much support from everybody.
4: I see that the Canadians have a have a game coming up on uh, on Wednesday. Are you planning on playing on on Yom Kippur? No, no judgment, obviously, if you are. I mean, lots of I will, athletes have.
3: I will be playing, yes. Um, but I, you know, it's just kind of the way it goes. Like you said, no judgment, but uh, gotta help my team out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, we we believe. That Jewish athletes tend to play really good on Jewish holidays. I don't know if that's, yeah, that's true, but I, I mean, believe it.
3: I've. I mean, you guys are putting it out there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna run with that for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right on. And have you have you reached out or spoken to any any of the other Jewish players in the NHL? I mean, there's Zach Hyman on the Leafs. You'll be seeing tomorrow. Um, the Hughes brothers. There. I mean, they just joined this year. I, I haven't actually. I mean, I. I try and see who
3: I think um, you know who is Jewish and, uh, in the league, but I haven't actually had a time, I haven't actually had a chance to, uh, to interact with any of them. But if I do get a chance, maybe I'll you know I'll mention something. Maybe tomorrow I'll uh, I'll say Happy New Year and see what he says.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: <laughs> well, if you uh, if you and and Hyman go at it uh, tomorrow, that'll be you know big news for a big deal for the Canadian Jewish news. That's really in our
2: wheelhouse there. It's perfect. It's perfect. Before you go, we wanted to ask you: Are there any Jewish athletes you think about or you've loved in the past? Who, who to you is on your Mount Rushmore of Jewish pro athletes?
3: Oh, I'm trying to think of some uh, Mount Rushmore of athletes. I don't know. Just if, if you give me a few right now off the top. Well, Sandy Koufax is there. a big
4: one, and probably uh, Sandy Colfax, Yeah, you know, that's, that's a big guy, that's guy for LA. Where you Right yeah. converted
3: yeah sandy colfax you know what's actually funny that's my my father in law's he he he's a huge dodger fan and he loves right. uh he loves sandy colfax so i, I mean that's definitely I'll often say that one just for my father in law probably
2: oh right on what did you do on Rosh Hashanah? Is this for like I know you're in the middle of training camp, but were you were you able to find a time to have any family time or uh or anything like that?
3: Yeah, my wife and I were uh, – my wife actually made it to uh, – she made it to Temple Ice. Like I said, I did not. It was uh, – It it's just been a tough time to train camp and game
2: schedule and stuff. But uh, Oh, yeah, we're not judging. Don't worry. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't, didn't go either.
3: No, no. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she I, – I told her, just go for me, please, and she did. So uh, it, it worked out, and uh, we're definitely uh, – We're definitely going to be going to Temple together, though, when uh, when I have some off days and when I can go for sure. Oh, that's great.
4: Well, uh, thanks again for for joining us. I think that's probably about all the the time we have. Uh, Thanks for giving us your time, though. Shabbat shalom, and uh, good luck tomorrow against the Leafs. Uh, Give them hell.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Right on. We'll be watching. Thanks so much, All right, boy. All right, guys. Happy
4: New Year.
0: Thanks again to Nate Thompson for joining us. Uh, He is a really funny guy. Yeah. And uh, seems to really enjoy the faith. Talks, gives a wicked Shana Tova. Yeah. And uh, now if you hear uh, Hava being played at the uh, Bell Center,
1: it might have a little double meaning.
0: That's right. I hope he's just sort of whoring by himself on the uh, bench. I, uh, I liked what he had to say about Jewish weddings. I know been to Jew- non-Jewish people when they come to weddings really get really excited about Jewish weddings. And it was amazing he got to experience that for himself.
1: Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, as always, uh, please like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, if you have any feedback, would love to get it. Uh, you can follow us at al- as always at uh, menschwarmers on Twitter. Uh, if I am up late and in the mood, you might hear me. Uh, you might see me tweeting about the Jewish goings on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. I don't
0: know if we need to. Our listeners want to know what's late, what's going on if you're up late and in the mood, my friend. Check the Twitter feed. That's that's where you find it. Yikes. Uh,
1: you can follow us on Facebook at uh, the
0: CJN Podcast Network and find us as always at cjnews.com. That's right. And uh, wherever you get your podcasts, We'd like to thank Michael Freeman for guest producing this episode, our supervising producer of the CJN Podcast Network. Alex Rose is off tonight. Uh, we would also like to thank Jamie Ross for the tip on Mr. Thompson setting up that interview and the story. Um, as well, uh, the hard work by all of the people at the CJ News each week.
1: And the uh, Canadians communication staff for helping us set up the interview.
0: And uh, again, thanks to Nate Thompson. Yeah, until next time, have an easy fast. And Shana Tova.